I mean, Jesus Christ, you think as an investing podcast, the week before stock earnings, when all the biggest companies are coming out before the election, that's going to have the most volatility in the world. You think I would focus my five podcasts on what to invest in? You think that's what you're talking about, right? Like which companies I'm looking at? No, no, that's that's not what we're talking about here. You know, I'm not trying to build a podcast of speculators. I'm not trying to get people antsy with new investing strategies and techniques. I want to let you know that your technique you're doing is just fine. You're just fine investing, averaging down every two weeks, reinvesting that money, buying $500 worth of Facebook or buying $500 worth of SPY is just fine. I'm telling you, a lot of investors get burnt when they try to do some crazy stuff like buying these small cap companies. Oh, Nikola is going to be the next Tesla. And then it goes out of business and they ride those highs. It's just not the strategy. I love learning that new investment stuff. I love hearing about people, you know, writing calls and buying calls on these companies and how they're making a lot of money. But I'm telling you, you stick with the basics. You're going to get 10%, maybe even 20% a lot of times. Honestly, the way that NASDAQ's moving, honestly, could be 20% average return for the rest of the time. That's actually a possibility. You know, Japan has had low interest rates for a long time. There's no reason that the United States couldn't. But I digress. This video, I'm going to talk about what I think is a great investment. Now, just because I'm investing in it, honestly, this isn't investment advice. You really shouldn't be following the things I'm doing. Um, I'm investing in things that make a lot of sense to me. The average person probably doesn't make a lot of sense. But as I mentioned before in my previous podcast, I am selling 60% of my stock portfolio and I'm diversifying. One into real estate, the other... You guessed it, NBA and Pokemon cards. In this video, I want to talk about the top five NBA cards that I'm buying and kind of go over the thesis of why I'm buying into NBA cards. You've probably heard this before, but I think reiterating it will let you know where my mindset is. Essentially, elections coming, volatility is going to be crazy. I think for the rest of time, volatility is going to be insane with Robinhood allowing you know investors to make margin and plus the transaction costs are really, really low for investors to get into it. Everybody's home. A lot of unexperienced people are in the market and they're taking crazy amounts of leverage. I looked at Wall Street Bets. It's literally the number one, one of the number top um, Reddit, um, subreddits on Reddit. And seeing what people are doing is absolutely insane. People are legit at this point moving the market. And when you see companies like GameStop that are like $5 go from like 5 to $14, um, these companies are being moved by Robinhood traders, uh, obviously by institutions. They they carry a lot of the movement. That's the big money. But don't get it confused. Nowadays, I think, um, you know, there's institutional and then there's like, uh, what do we call it? Do we call them residential? I can't even remember the word. But there's normal traders there's like you and me. And then there's the banks, right? Normal traders like you and me before got bullied by the market. But nowadays, I think we really have serious impact. Obviously, not in the big companies, but in the small companies or when companies are like not doing well, I think in like normal investors like you and me really are moving the markets. And normally, of course, there's always been volatility in these index funds and these ETFs. But nowadays, 
volatility is going to be insane, probably for the rest of time, to be honest, or until there's a great depression, which could happen in like 20 years. But until that time, there's going to be crazy amounts of volatility. I had a great year this year, did 50%. I need to diversify. I, I need to get the market, realize some profits. And the top one of them is NBA cards for me. So I'm going to be doing a lot of NBA card content, a lot of Pokemon card content, because if you didn't know, I bought $1,000 worth of NBA cards last year, and this year it's worth 5K. And I'm not talking about like speculative NBA cards. I'm talking about super obvious ones. So as some refreshers, here's some basics to know when entering the NBA card market. I buy my cards off eBay. Why? Because eBay has a very easy system to know if it's an authentic card or not. In eBay, a lot of the cards we buy are in graded cases. A third-party company grades the NBA cards. Uh, one of the big ones is called PSA. There's BGS. That's Beckett behind it. Essentially, PSA puts your card, they grade it 1 out of 10, 10 being the best, 1 being poo. Basically, 10 means that your card is so good the manufacturer made it perfectly and you're going to get lots of money in it. 9 means really, really good, but maybe there's like a line off on the card or something like that. Um, buying on eBay, they're in those hard plastic cases. They can't be tampered with. So as long as it says a 10 on the case, you know, you got yourself a solid card. If this is a nine on the case, you know, yourself, yourself a solid card. And for me right now, NBA is going to be that number one league in the future. There's no doubt about it. It just, it's so easy to create stars. It's so easy to create content and the content NBA players have, um, it's really easy to have on Instagram, YouTube, even on TikTok. It's just really consumable, easy content. It's easy to create stars around it. And it's a global game. They're starting an African league. And we've already seen what Pascal Siakam and Giannis Atampakumpo are doing to the league. Africans are going to take over the league. Eventually, India, there's a billion people there, is going to take it over. As the game gets more popular in China, we're going to see more Chinese players come out, um, even with China doing like you know some anti-NBA stuff recently. But I digress, man. I'm trying to hype it up my five top cards that I'm going to buy. Remember, I spent a 1K last year in NBA cards. Now it's worth 5K. Now I'm going to let you know the cards I'm going to buy. Number one, even though I already have a Giannis base card, that means a Giannis card, or sorry, a Giannis raw card, one that's ungraded, I want to buy a Giannis 10 out of 10 PSA card. That means the highest quality of Giannis card. Giannis is easily going to be the next LeBron after LeBron. It's already a foregone conclusion. Typically, when you look at a player like Anthony Davis, he just needed to be paired up with, you know, someone who could pass, who's a good player, like LeBron. Easy championship. Giannis, you pair him up with one super all-star, not no Chris Middleton, but someone like a Kyle Lowry, even a Pascal Siakam. You put him in a good system. Easy championship. You give him a Damian Lillard, it's already done. But Giannis Atampakubo, super easy championship, super easy. If he announces he's on a better team, like let's say he goes to Brooklyn Nets or Warriors or some craziness like that, it's already a foregone conclusion. Super, super easy. Number two, Devin Booker. I mean, you've seen James Harden. You've seen what scoring does. I mean, if you got James Harden when he was going from Oklahoma to Houston, I mean, come on. He's a bona fide scorer, and if he wins a championship, James Harden's card will be, like, crazy. Devin Booker has some scoring titles, and he has some MVPs in his future. 
when it comes to winning a ring, uh, I don't know if you can win it just as a scoring master anymore. I don't know if that's can be done. I mean, the last person was really Kobe to do that, but we haven't really seen that since, honestly. You got to be someone who's crazy on defense. But since Devin Booker is a good asset to a championship team, I mean, he's a knockdown shooter. I think when you think of someone like Clay Thompson, Devin Booker is probably like the second best, I guess, role. Actually, not. His defense is just average, but he's a, a phenomenal scorer. And I think we're going to think of him as the top 10 player in this era for sure, hands down. He's just such a good scorer. And him playing on Phoenix and not getting the national attention makes him a car that NBA basketball fans know he's a great player, but the average person does not know that he's like top 10 in the league. Uh, third card I'm getting easy one has to be Steph Curry. And by the way, these cards is not necessarily I'm getting, but I'm looking at to see if I can get some good deals on them. Right now it's off season. Off season is when the cards are the cheapest. So right now is one of the best times to buy. Third one is Steph Curry. I mean, it's a foregone conclusion. <clears throat> you seen Michael Jordan's doc that came out and how much it stopped the world. Imagine Steph Curry's documentary, like a real documentary that hits Netflix, that hits Disney Plus or comes out in theaters, even though theaters are probably done. Um, This doc is going to be insane. We're talking about a guy that didn't even go like, is Davidson even really a D1 school? Come on, let's be honest. What NBA players do we even know out of this college named Davidson? He goes to NBA, he's injured. Like, Like no one's messing with this dude. All of a sudden, him, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green have a 72, so sorry, 73 and nine team beating Michael Jordan's record. He wins like three championships one with his team and I think two with KD like this this guy's a three rings he's going down in the top 50 of all time and he revolutionized the game with the three-point shoot easy money when it comes to investing especially the fact that he didn't play this season I mean come on his card is so discounted right now we're seeing the crazy inflation that Kawhi Leonard's card went to it went to six thousand now it's back at two thousand Steph Curry's card is around like three thousand four thousand right now in 10 years, I could not see why that card couldn't be worth like 100 grand, 200 grand, like like very easy investment right there. Same theory goes for Kevin Durant. This guy's a two, um, you know, back-to-back champion. His story may not necessarily be as good as a Steph Curry's story. However, he was considered the second best player of all time, or sorry, second best player of modern era for basically the whole time he's been here, he's been just under LeBron James's shadow. And if he can drop like 50 points opening day or 50 points like in July or sorry, in like February or something like that, trust me, his card's going to skyrocket. These guys who's been injured for the season, even if they don't come back f- full percent, these guys' careers are solidified. Hall of Famers, I'm not worried about investing in their card. It's going to appreciate. Again, another card I could see being easy over $100,000 in 10 years. And the fifth card, this is the one I really want. However, I'm probably not going to be able to afford it, but I'm, I'm going to get some version of it. It doesn't have to be PSA 8. I might PSA 10. I might get a PSA 8, 8 out of 10 grade quality. And that has to be LeBron James. I mean, when it comes to buying a stock, this is essentially like the Charizard of the you know, NBA cards. This is like the Michael Jordan of the NBA cards. This is like 
how to put this is like the Facebook of the market. Okay. Facebook is going to go up if the market goes up. If you believe in stocks, you probably believe in Facebook. Easy investment. This is the Fortune 500. You're just as least gambling as you can get. As long as even if NBA cards take a dip, this card is probably going to still keep its price. It's always going to be wanted by investors. We're talking about one of the greatest players of all time. Some people even consider him better than Jordan. His legacy is cemented. And you're thinking about people nowadays wanting this card. I'm sorry, this card was made in 2003. There's not necessarily that much just floating around. And if you're someone that owns a PSA 10 LeBron or even a PSA 8 LeBron, I can't see why in 10, 20 years, a PSA 10 LeBron that's worth like, what is it worth, 100000 now? I can't see why in 10 years it's not worth $10 million. I can't see why it can't be, honestly. We have the auction system going on. More people are getting comfortable with these cards. There's going to be more actual history around these cards. And as people can watch those stock charts and see how it's been performing over time and the expected returns, people are going to see the expected returns of these cards from previous sales. And because of that, why wouldn't a LeBron James card, you know, be worth 10 million? Remember, it doesn't even have to be one person spending 10 million for the card. It could be like one auction house selling it to another auction house. And there's like five different investors that get to profit from that sale. Or you can maybe buy it like a stock where it doesn't even need to be sold. And you just sell it like your derivative um, stocks for the NBA card for it. Fractional share ownership for cards is something that I think is 100% coming and because of that, these card values are going to explode. But let me know what you think. Are you someone who believes in NBA cards? Do you think they're actually a decent investment? Or do you think this is as most uneducated as the uneducated investor has ever got? Let me know on Twitter. It's at FlyStewie on Twitter. And as always, the best, most brightest investors are the uneducated ones. Why is that? That's because the uneducated investor, they never stop learning. The Uneducated Investor Podcast.